Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're in the Gospel of Luke. We're progressing through what, we, what we're calling an earth walk and looking at the life of Jesus. Specifically now, we're talking about the sacrifice of Jesus, his, his final time, the final week in Jerusalem, the things that he's teaching, and ultimately looking to the cross, his sacrifice that he made for us. And so here we are. Jesus is in the temple courts. He's doing his teaching, and he makes an observation, which we're going to see here in verses 1 to 4. And really what he's going to talk about today is leftovers. Now, is everybody, what's your first reaction when you think of leftovers? Is it good? I mean, if you're, if you're a teenager or if you're George, you just ask Gloria, I'm not in favor of leftovers unless it's pizza. Okay? Or her chicken tetrazzini. I, I will eat that leftover. But she, she's got to fight me tooth and nail all the time about eating leftovers, don't you, Lori? She usually wins. Okay, so, but if you're like me, we don't like leftovers, do we? Well, we're going to talk about leftovers today, because what we're going to see here is we're going to see a group of people that really was giving to God their leftovers, and we're going to see Jesus giving his assessment of that. Now, let me just stop for a moment, because as we enter into this, we're going to talk about the widow who gives her two mites compared to the wealthy who gave all that they gave. Now, some of you are immediately going to say, well, George is going to talk about money today. Actually, we're not going to talk about money. The illustration is going to talk about money, but that's not my point here today. So you can focus on the issue of money and completely miss what Jesus is talking about in this passage. What he's talking about here is your heart. He's talking about what you give God, not necessarily money, because, you know, you understand, you can give God more than your money. You can give God more than your money. And so what we're going to talk about today is the leftovers. So look with me. We're just going to look at the first four verses of chapter 21. And we're going to talk about leftovers today. So look with me. Notice what he says. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. He said, truly, I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all these. For all these, out of their abundance, have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had spoken. Let me give you the setting here. They're in the temple. They're actually, where they are is in the court of women. So if you know the way the temple layout is, there's the court of the Gentiles, that's the farthest point that you and I could go to as Gentiles. But it's a place where basically they had the money changers and the stables and so forth where they could sell sacrificial animals. And that's basically what that was, the outer court. The next court in is where the court of the women. That's the farthest point a Jewish woman could go. In the court of the women, in Herod's temple, they had 13 receptacles, money receptacles, and they were shaped like a big trumpet. So think about, if you got your mind, think about a trumpet receptacle, just like it kind of like a big flute like that. Very big. 
And this is where the people would come and they would make their offerings to the to the temple. Now these were free will offerings. There was a temple tax that everybody had to pay. Each person had to pay a temple tax. But there was this place, these 13 receptacles with basically you could come and make a free will offering. So there's no compulsion to make these offerings. Each receptacle then would have someone, kind of like a recorder. And it was a temple official who would stand by the receptacles and he would count how much you would put in before you put it in. And then make a note, Mr. Jones put in this amount of money. Okay, so I mean it's a big deal to give money there. So Jesus is obviously in the court of women and he's looking over towards these 13 receptacles and he sees the wealthy, those who have stuff, who are making their offerings. And while he's there, he notices a widow, which is, to be honest, in their culture, the destitute were either the orphans or the widows. And she comes in and she puts in two mites. Now, your scripture says two mites. What that is, is to be honest with you, a denarius, remember, was a denarius was a day's wage. Two mites, the equivalent of that would be one-eighth of a denarius. Actually, what it works out to today is one-eighth of work. That's not much, is it? But that's all she had, and she puts it in. So Jesus makes an assessment now of what he's seeing here. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Because he sees some folks who are giving of their leftovers, and he sees this lady who's giving of all she has. And so he's going to talk to us about that. That's the farthest point we're going to take the money issue here, is just simply talking about what they're giving. But we're going to talk about more about heart attitudes. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to see, first of all, the gifts. We're going to break our passage down. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2, see what it says about the gifts. And then we're going to see the assessment that Jesus gives in verses 3 and 4. So notice something. First point I want you to see is, is that we, that you and I, measure things by appearance. We still do this in the church today. We measure things by appearance. So think about that. How secret is that? I mean, I mean, whoever thought of this put some thought process into it, didn't they? When you think about a receptacle being like a big giant trumpet and you throw your money in and you got a guy there who's counting it and announcing, Mr. Jones, this amount of money. Why are they doing that? Because it's all about showing an appearance. The reason why it's about showing an appearance is is that because that's how you and I measure things, is it not? Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, for instance, think about it. Think about it. That's, that's the way we operate today. We all operate by appearance. So, like, for instance, if you were voting for two guys for office and you heard one was a ditch digger and the other went to Harvard, who are you going to vote for? doesn't matter that when he went to Harvard he got D's and almost failed you'll vote for the guy who went to Harvard because you're thinking he's smarter than the what? Ditch digger. It's all about appearances, isn't it? Same thing happens in the church. How many, I've, been a, I've been saved 28 years now. I've been in church now. Where, where the guy who gives the big dollar amount, he's recognized. But the person who gives a buck, we don't talk about them at all, do we? We talk about the big donor, Versus Why? Because it's all about appearance, isn't it? It's all about appearance. That's the way we operate as human beings. 
We operate based on appearance. Like, for instance, what do you tell your kids when you want them to go get a job interview? You tell them to dress in their, in their grubbies with their worn-out T-shirt with a big giant stain on it? You say that's the way you go apply for a job? No, you tell them to what? Dress up. Wear the best. Why? Because it's all about appearance. Look at the thing about their gifts. Jesus notices, look with me at verse 1. He saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. Probably because it was a big show. Here's the other thing I want you to see. We respond accordingly. Not only do we measure things by appearance, you and I respond accordingly. We respond to the show. We respond to the look. We respond to the issue of appearances. We measure spirituality by that. Do you you understand what I'm saying? See, here's the thing that we're going to see here. This is the point that Jesus is going to bring out of this passage. You and I can put on a good show and look good, and people will respond favorably to us, no matter that on the inside we might be a mess. We can cover up the junk in our lives. Do you know what I'm saying? Our hearts can be so far from God, but when we're in church, we can look like we're real close to Him because we've got the appearance. And we respond to that. We respond to appearances. Here, even like this. So you ever notice this? You ever notice how when we greet people, we greet people like this? How you doing? And what we expect from them is just one word. Fine. Have you noticed that? You don't know how to handle it if somebody says, Terrible. It's like, oh no, i got to get away. Because you don't want to hear it. That's not why we were asking. Because that's the last thing we want to do, is we want everybody to be plastic. Put on your happy face. And we respond accordingly to that. This is why, can I be honest with you? In some ways, when we talk about hypocrisy, it's about not being real. It's about not being genuine. And it's about not being that in your spirituality. Because here you can put on a big splash, you can answer all the Bible questions, you can even give a lot, and still be a mess. And still but not be wholehearted to God. So Jesus gives an assessment of this. So I want you to notice with us now, 3 and 4, really powerful thing. Notice what he says. It almost has to be shocking to the people there. Because when they're at the temple, when they're seeing rich people putting in a lot of money, oh, wow, they must be spiritual. God's blessing them because they have it to give. Jesus makes this assessment that's got to, I mean, when you see the little widow come up and she gives her little two mites and they're announcing that, Widow Jones, two mites. Oh, I can't believe she gave that little. That's all she has. Look at the assessment Jesus has. Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these, out of their abundance, have put in offerings to God. But she, out of her poverty, put in the livelihood that she had. Here's some things I want you to see here. First of all, Jesus views things differently. You and I got to grasp that reality. You know, if Jesus hadn't have said anything, if you and I were there, we would have just gone along with the flow. Because that's how normal life is, isn't it? That's how we make assessments. We look at the outward appearance. We look at what people do. We look at the flash and everything. We look at the splash. We look at, and we think people, we measure people based upon that. How are they doing? What are they presenting? How are they posing? That's the way we are, because we look at the outward appearance. Jesus 
doesn't view it the same way. Do you understand? He sees things differently. He views things differently. Aren't you glad for that? Because Jesus goes right beneath the surface of where things are at. He knows exactly where you and I are at. He knows the struggles that are going on within us. He knows our hearts. He knows the hypocrisy of our lives. He sees through it all. Jesus views things differently. That's the first thing we're going to see here. And here's what we see now, is that this widow, look at what she's doing here. The widow gave freely and not by compulsion. What she's doing here, look at notice something here. Jesus, we see what he's saying. She's a poor widow, and she gave sacrificially of all that she had. What's going on here? First of all, remember what I told you. This was a free will offering. It wasn't even a tax. Because I can already tell you right now, the tax was not two mites. The temple tax that she would have had to pay was more than what she had. So she's coming, and she's freely giving of what she has. Why? Because she loves God. She's making a sacrifice to God. It's not because somebody told her to do it. She's giving freely of what she has to God. Period. This is where the widow is at. He's saying she's giving far more because she's giving sacrificially of what she has, and she's not being told to do it. See, that impresses God. God's not impressed with, can I be honest with you, by our service, our gifts, our lip service, if we feel we have to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? God's not impressed with that. You know that. You're not impressed with that either. You know? It's like it's Mother's Day. I've done this first time. First Mother's Day with Lori. I forget Mother's Day. Oh, my goodness. Somebody just said, ooh. Yeah, I paid the price. Well, anyhow, first Mother's Day, I forgot it. Do you think later on that day, I didn't do this, but later on that day, if I thought, oh, I forgot, she knows I forgot, if I went and bought her flowers, first of all, Lori doesn't like flowers, cut flowers. She wants living flowers, something for the garden. Where are you 20 years? I know now. Don't buy cut flowers for Lori, okay? If I went and bought her chocolates, uh, you got to be careful how many because she doesn't want to eat too many, okay? 20 years will tell you that, all right. You know, if I go and do something, you think later on in the afternoon it's going to mean anything to her after she knows that I already forgot about it? You think it's going to mean anything? Come on, you're being, you're being too nice. No! Don't waste your time, George. Well, I'm trying. Because now it's not freely given. It's by what? Compulsion. Does that impress you when somebody does something for you by compulsion? God's not impressed either. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's not impressed either. You know? Ask Lori about the year I gave her a weed eater for <laughs> for Mother's Day. <laughs> I still hear about that one. So, okay. I didn't forget that year. I, I was deceived because I bought her a hose reel the year before. I thought she wanted something else for the garden, but. Here's the assessment Jesus makes. Look here. Here's the next point. The wealthy gave from what was left over. They gave out of their abundance. See, what they gave didn't affect their life. What they gave didn't really require anything of them. They just gave out of their abundance. They had it, so they gave it. It was no sacrifice on their part. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So they're actually what they were doing is, is you know, and they could give a lot and still not sacrifice. Do you understand? They could put on the big show and it still not affect them. Jesus is saying, you know, that that really they're giving what they're giving, but it really means nothing because it really isn't affecting them. See, that's the issue of giving. That's the issue of 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 giving to God. You know, that's the question, isn't it? When you and I think about our lives, what are we giving to God? Is it the leftovers of our life? Because maybe something else has more of us, like our job, families, whatever. Are we giving to God of ourselves what's left over? That's what they were doing. Because other things take priority. See, how you know when you're giving God your leftovers is what's the priority in your life. Is it God and what he wants from you and what he wants to do through you? And he wants all of you? Or you just give God lip service or whatever at the end. And so you can say, oh, I did it for you, Jesus. No, you did what you did for something inside of you, not for Jesus, because you only gave him your leftover. And again, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about you. Do you know what I mean? We're not to, see, you can get distracted by the whole money issue here and miss the main point. The main point is about what are you giving of, from you to God? And for, for honestly, for all of us, including myself, a lot of times it has to be what? The leftovers. And here, how is it measured? How, here's how we know it's if, if it's the leftovers. Because let's, let's say it's Sunday or it's some event. And we look, we don't say, oh, it's Sunday, I'm going to church. We look and say, well, do I have anything else on the calendar today that has more of a priority to me? And that's what we do. We we make other things more prioritized than God. And then we'll give God something, but it's our what? Leftovers. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, when I'm reading this passage, I'm like, man, I'm more like the dude's who are the wealthy throwing a whole bunch of money in, having my name announced into these trumpet-like receptacles than this widow who gave of everything she had. Because I only give God the leftovers in my life. You know, if I'm saying that, where are we here? See, this is what Jesus is challenging us with. See, and why do we do that? Because we, remember, he just warned us in the few verses beforehand, he just warned us about being careful of the examples we follow. Of the self-righteous, the religious self-righteous, who are doing it all for themselves. See, if you're living for yourself, you're only going to give God your leftovers. And that's what they were doing here. In fact, he goes on and says this. The widow gave all that she had. She gave all that she had. I want you to think about it, because you could look at it and you could say, man, if all she had were those two little mites and she put them in the offering that gave them to God, on, on a human standpoint, that's just plain crazy. From a human standpoint, putting in your last nickel or penny is plain craziness. It doesn't make any sense. 
But can I explain to you what she's doing here? It's actually an act of worship, an act of faith. What do you mean? Because what she's doing is by giving her everything that she has, she's really placing herself in the hands of God to take care of her. She's not consumed with watching out over herself. She's putting herself in the hands of the one who will watch over her. That's an act of worship. That's an act of faith. So this really is an act of faith. See, when you give God your all, that's an act of faith because you're trusting in him with your life. You're trusting in him with your future. You're trusting in him. When we give our leftovers, we're not trusting in him. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're just giving, we're trusting in ourselves. And he only gets what's left. There's any abundance left over. See, here's the issue. The bottom line is this. It's not the size of the gift, but the sacrifice. It's not the size of the gift. That's not the issue here. So again, let me just say that we're not talking about money here. We're talking about your heart and how much of you, you, does God have? Do you understand what I'm saying? How much of you does God have? It's not about the size of it or how the splash or what's, what the big look is on the outside. The issue has to do is how much of your life does God have, period. It's about sacrifice. And that's an act of faith. It's an act of trust on your part. How much of you does he have? And if we're honest with ourselves... It's not everything, is it? I'm talking about myself. If we're honest with ourselves, it's not everything. Because I'm just as guilty of giving God my leftovers. Just as guilty. You say, okay, George, how do, how do we wrap this up? Well, i got two questions here, and I'll give you an action point. I guess the first question is this. This is something for you to ponder. With these questions, realize that we're not talking about you answering them right now, although you can answer them right now. We are talking about you thinking about them later on, or prayerfully thinking about them. And, and the first question is this. Does Jesus have your own? Does he have your own? How much of you does Jesus have? Well, we, wait a minute, you know, George, that's, that's, that's really good, and I, I, I really want him to have my all, but, you know, I've got, I've got dreams. I've got, I've got plans, and, and, um, and, and this is what I want out of life, and, and this is what, I, I, you know, I, I want to give him my all, but I also want to be in control. And, you know, that's a, giving him my all thing, that, that means losing control. And I don't, I don't like losing control. How many of you like losing control? I don't like losing control. I don't like being in control. I mean, that's like being being with my teenagers when they're first learning how to drive, and, I'm, and Lori's up front with them, and I'm in the back. Ah! I don't like being out of control. Do you know, do you know what I mean? You know, we don't like being. I'm, I'm pressing the imaginary brake. Do, do you know what I'm saying? You've done that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right, okay. I've got some other people here who are honest. Okay. How much of you does Jesus have? 
How much of you does he have? Here's the second question. Are you giving him the leftovers? Are you giving him your leftovers? Part of the reason why we only give him your, of our leftovers is because we have this wrong concept of what he really wants from us. For some reason, we've entered into this mindset that, that thinks of God as this kind of cosmic killjoy, that he just wants to thwart my life and make me miserable the rest of my life. If I give him everything, I'm just going to be miserable. I want to be happy, but if I give him everything, I'm not going to be happy, George. So that's why I only give him my leftovers. Wrong. That's a lie that you've embraced. He only wants what's best for you. And if I could think of somebody who could be, be give you better direction and better guidance in your life, it would be God than even yourself. Because you know what I think about myself? and some, You know, I sometimes make big messes out of my life, don't you? Are you giving him your leftovers? Well, you don't understand, George. I've got kids and, and I'm, I'm tired and my husband's demanding this or my wife's demanding this and, and uh, the boss is demanding this and I just don't have much to give him anything. That's, you're missing the point. The gift is not what you do or what you're giving as far as something monetary or something measurable. The gift is you. And are you only giving them your leftovers? It's about the relationship, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's really, that's what the issue is. It's, it's the relationship. What It's the relationship with God and how much of that relationship are you giving of yourself to? I think we can measure it that way. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the action point. This is going to be tough. So this is why you got to ask the Spirit to help you to do this. Okay? you got to ask the Spirit to help you to let go of everything. you got to let go of everything. Some of you are clinging too tightly to things, trying to be in control, and it's not happening. At some point... You've got to let go and let God and just give him yourself. So you've got to ask God to give up and let him. So this is what the widow did. She gave up all that she had. She gave up to God. God, you take care of me. That, that, that act of worship was a sign of her, her commitment to give up. That's really the issue. When we give our leftovers, we're not willing to give up. So I guess the question is, is what do you need to give up? And I'm not talking about money. Man, if you walk out of here and say, oh, you talked about them, you've missed it. Because for some of you, it's not the issue of money. It's something else. Because you want to be in control. You want to love God. And, oh yeah, we want to worship Him. Woo, love you, Jesus. But you want to give Him what's left over. 
what he wants is your sacrifice. What is it? Something to think about. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.